Good evening, everybody, and welcome to High Spirits. Ooh. It's episode 12, and it is also Halloween. Halloween. That's right. I'm Jay Stegman, and this is my pal, Noel Schmidt, and we are coming to you live from the Ghost Studio mm-hmm. on Halloween. Yes, it's my favorite day of the year. Yeah, I mean, uh, Noel's one of those people who, like, decorates. Oh, I get full on in. Yeah. Yeah, total buy-in from you. <laughs> right. This is the first year that I am not dressed up in a very long time. Yeah. You look good. So, thank you. Um, <laughs> and by... <laughs> I mean, you're wearing clothes and you look pretty, so... I've dressed myself, yeah, so, so there's that. <laughs> right. You can just go as a as a above-average woman. <laughs> Above average, you say? Yeah, you're welcome. Oh, thank you. That's the nicest thing anybody said to me in like a week. It's like 100% true. <laughs> you are well above average. You're definitely a 5.5. <laughs> no, I was thinking like you're a 7. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, not a 10. That's... Now, I'm, now I'm blushing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't need to talk about this. because no, okay. no. All right. Um, all right, guys. We have... Uh, we have an update for you, and actually, for me, it's a really sad update. Right. Well, should we should we talk about what we're drinking first? Oh, yes, of course. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm being thematic, Noelle, so I'm drinking zombie dust. Yay! Yeah, I learned a little lesson from you. I feel pretty good about it. I like it. Um, I am drinking a plunger head. Yeah. Um, I thought it was like a nice costumey type of wine. Yeah, and that guy has face. He has face. Uh, it's by Cabernet. face, by the way, if you're not a, a listener, um, we mean facial hair and it's a handlebar mustache. Yes. I love it. And my favorite part about this wine is that it's made by a guy whose name is Eddie Plungerhide, which is Plungerhead in German. That's wonderful. I love it. We will be sending him a letter. Yeah. Just hi. Hi. Great. Also, uh, Jay ex- got to experience me, um, opening the cap. <laughs> I was so <laughs> amazed by it. Cause it had like this wraparound thing and then it's, it's a synthetic cork that's actually reusable and it just yeah. popped out like a plunger. And I was like, it's oh, God, this is ingenious. It was amazing. You seemed a little below average when you're opening it. <laughs> it was I was a- mystified. It was a little hard for you, but you ended up um, pulling through. <laughs> I, I was confused, a little scared, but I made but it. But elated. Yeah. Yeah. The final Everything result. that Halloween should be. For sure. All right. Okay. Please now. We're, what you were saying. Yeah. Um, so over the weekend, a Chicago icon burned to the ground. So I'm just going to read a little news report for you guys. Um, Friday, October 28th, the uh, in Willow Springs, Illinois, a fire broke out through the roof of the Willowbrook Ballroom in southwest suburban Willow Springs. Tri-State Fire Protection responded to a fire at the historic building Friday in the 8900 block of Archer Avenue at 2 p.m. The building was totally evacuated when they arrived. Smoke billowed from the roof of the building above the main ballroom. Fire officials tried to extinguish the fire but had issues with water supply access. The ballroom was built 95 years ago in 1921. Uh, An investigation of the cause of fire is ongoing. So... I actually posted it to the Facebook page. Um, the Willowbrook burned down and is gutted. And looking at the pictures is just crazy. And I will tell you this. Um, my, go- my ghost conference pal, Megan, and I hung out last night. Mm-hmm. And we really, if you listen to Ghost Conference 2 live from. Yes. Um, or Ghost Conference 1, maybe. We talk about exploring the basement to find ghosts and really just being like, I almost puked because it smelled so much like natural gas. Really? Yeah. I mean, it it had obviously some sort of natural gas problem. So I don't know if that leak, like, burned them down. I don't know. It was crazy because we, we, we talked about it nonstop when we were there about, like, how do they not know that this is a hazard? Right. It was weird. There's a reason they add that smell to the gas. So right. So you know. Yeah. Well, or if, you know, maybe uh, Resurrection Mary or um, one of those other jealous ghosts was just, like, slowly turning the gas valve. That's how it works, right? They just turn a valve. Yeah, of course. Uh, and just, like, <laughs> letting it billow up. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to guess it was another ghost that had enough. Yeah, and here's the thing. Like, actually, Megan and I talked about this last night. 
our medium, Phyllis, uh-huh. from the uh, conference, she called it, said that there were three ghosts in the basement, uh, a man, <gasps> woman, and a little girl. Oh. And so they are now homeless. So it's sort of a weird thing to think about. Homeless ghosts. Yeah. Obviously, Resurrection Mary doesn't have a home, but she was able to wander. Right. Yeah. Do they live on the land or, and like, once See, but then that goes back to it years from now because they could, I'm touching now while I'm poking her. I'm sorry. Um, and I am listening <laughs> attentively. Remember how we, we talked about like, are these ghosts just within the context of certain areas? Like maybe right. they wandered the land before and they mm-hmm. happen to get stuck in this construction in 1921 and now they're free. So maybe they're not homeless. Yeah. I don't know. That's something. So weird. Where they just like hang out in the land. What, here's another thought. What if they don't even see the new construction? Like they don't see the existing building. What they're seeing is um, the location that they knew it to be. I'm sure. And they're like living in that universe. It's kind of like the others with Nicole Kidman. Where they're like roaming through the house and only seeing oh, the yeah. things that they want to see. Because mm-hmm. that's the world that they know. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, that is your update about the historic Willowbrook Ballroom. Glad I saw it before it yeah. uh, burned I'm... to the crystal grounds. That's really sad news. I'm glad yeah. everybody made it out okay. For real. I'm bummed that I never got to see it. It was gross. Um, <laughs> this is not nice, but thanks. Okay, well now I feel so much better. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty sad. Yeah. Hope those ghosts find a home. Yep. Moving on. <laughs> not here. Not here. We're good. Not in the ghost studio. Uh, guys, so because today is Halloween, we wanted to talk uh through some Halloween fun stuff, and um we're gonna just I'm gonna do some fun facts, and then Noel and I are gonna share our favorite ghost mm-hmm. stories. Yeah. Yeah. Um. A lot of you guys know this because you're aficionados, um, but stay with me. There's some cool things in here. Um, Halloween started uh, well over 2,000 years ago. It's the Celtic Festival of Sewin. You might see it written and think it's Samhain because it's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but it's not. It is Samhain. <laughs> so Glenn Danzig, totally wrong on that band name. When, so Glenn Danzig had another band called Samhain. Oh, aside from the misfits. That's hilarious. Yeah. You don't pronounce it that way. Nobody ever told him that. Well, that's okay. He it's, probably wouldn't like it's it. It's Samhain. <laughs> I, I actually never knew that either. Yeah. Oh, really? I'm so, I, okay. I didn't. No. I always <laughs> thought it was Samhain. Because that's kind of, I feel like that's how everybody pronounces it. Uh, I would, when you look at it, that's that's what it would be. But in the, um, in the old language, um, that is Samhain. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I stand corrected. No, you're, you're great. I, I would imagine that a lot of people, especially people who like Glenn Danzig, probably thought it was. That. Sam Hain. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Celts celebrated this festival uh, to celebrate their new year, which was November 1st. This mm-hmm. day marked the end of summer and the harvest uh, and the beginning of the dark, cold winter, a time of year that was often associated with human death. Um, the Celts believe that the night before the new year, which remember, we're not talking about new year, we're actually talking about Halloween. Um, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. And so they thought on the night of October 31st, um, ghosts returned to the earth, uh, to avoid evil spirits. The Celts would light bonfires and wear costumes. And I actually found this out. And some of you may know this. I did not know this. Um, the, uh, the origin of wearing costumes was to convince the ghosts that they were also ghosts. Mm-hmm. Which I is that. cool. It's very cool. Yeah. So they were basically like, oh, you're a ghost? Yeah, me too. <laughs> which is kind of fun. <laughs> um, Let's go dance around a fire together. Yeah. Just so you know, um, trick-or-treating actually has like a really long story past. Um, so to invite friendly ghosts, um, the Celts believed in ancestor worship and they wanted actually to see the friendly ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, they would set places around their dinner table they would leave treats at their doorsteps and uh, they would light candles on the side of the road to help the spirits that they wanted to see back to their houses. So again, spirits I didn't want to see. Um, I'm, I'm going to wear a costume to avoid any sort of like mm-hmm. encounter. And then uh, spirits I know, come on in. Um, so their costumes were typically like animal type things too, weren't they? Yeah. They're most, mostly, uh, 
naturalistic, animistic, yeah. sort of like, uh, if they weren't wearing like, um, if they didn't look like wild animals, they would look like trees. Yes. And stuff. Um, let me say this. Yeah. So, um, Catholicism also adopted a lot of these. Oh, the, this entire thing. Are you, you're going to go into yeah. that? Okay. Then please continue. <laughs> um, but you're absolutely, you're 100% right at it. Um, because it was believed that the spirit, spirit world was close on October 31st, um, the Druids, which were the basically the elevated priest class of the right. cults, um, would actually try to make contact with the spirits and try to find out the fortunes for the future. Mm. So they, they thought that they could get a lot of information out of the spirits that visited. So here we go to the Catholic stuff. Um, it was very, very, very hard to get the Celts over to Catholicism and basically what... Uh, the popes and the church tried to do was take all of their major holidays and wrap them into uh, a Christian thought process. Mm -hmm. So in the eighth century, Pope Gregory the third designated November 1st, which remember was the new year. Uh, he called it all saints day. Yep. Um, and, uh, basically all saints day incorporated most of the traditions of sewing or Samhain. Um, the evening before was known as All Hallows Eve. And or later that was called All Souls Day. Halloween. <clears throat> all Saints Day was November 1st. Right, but all, uh, Halloween was also called, um, in addition to Hallow All Hallows Eve, I, I think this is what the Catholics call it now, is All Souls Day. Oh. And I have a story about that because when I was growing up, um, every Halloween. <laughs> We, uh, my grade school, uh -huh. so all of the kids that were dressed up in their Halloween costumes would walk over to the cemetery to pray for all of the souls. Oh my God, that's so cool. That were like, that came to earth. Cause that like thought process was kind of still there that like the doors are open and like, <gasps> well, it was more, you know, like that's like folklore, but it was more like, we're going to pray for the dead. That's awesome. Yeah. But it's like, you know, you think, and I went to a small school, there were like a hundred of us. So I just love that image of 100 kids ages kindergarten through eighth grade, all in Halloween costumes, marching over to the cemetery and for like, a little prayer, for sesh. a little prayer sesh. It's that's hilarious. Yep. Happened every year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, that's how we actually got that. Uh, uh, as you guys probably know, um, most Catholic traditions were, uh, or not, uh, I say Catholic, but, but what I mean is, uh, early Christianity, mm -hmm. which again was really transformed in the 1500s into something totally different. But a lot of these pagan holidays were just kind of built in to the calendar year. So the people would be like, no, okay, I guess, <laughs> I guess we'll be that. Stop killing us, please. Right. <laughs> um, so I'm going to tell you just a, a quick fun fact about the jack-o'-lantern. Do you know this story? Maybe. Okay. I feel like I do, but Go. Okay, so um, nowadays we carve them out of pumpkins, right? Uh -huh. But um, this is an old Irish tradition. Um, and one of the reasons why we have all these traditions in the United States is because of the immigration in the late, excuse me, 1800s and early 1900s of all these Irish people coming to America after the potato famine. And they didn't have any potatoes to carve. Right. So <laughs> they're, actually, they would, uh, while they were still there, they would carve them in Ireland. They would carve them out of turnips, potatoes, and beets. But okay. here, they were like, pumpkins are good for that, too. Right. And probably a little easier. Except for that one year that yeah. there was a pumpkin shortage. There was? Yeah, it was a few years ago. Oh, my. People couldn't make pumpkin pie. Like, there was, like, a canned <laughs> pumpkin shortage. God. <laughs> it was it was a real thing. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is based on the um, old Irish legend of Stingy Jack. Yeah. Yeah. So Stingy Jack invited the devil to have a drink with him. Uh, but Stingy Jack didn't want to pay for his drink. Uh, this is as Irish as it gets, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin. Um, for some reason, the devil agreed. Uh, then Jack decided to keep the money and put it in his pocket next to a silver cross. This prevented the devil from changing back into his original form. Right? Jack eventually freed the devil 
don't know why. <laughs> I wouldn't have, but whatever. He freed the devil <laughs> under the condition. Because he is a fun drinking partner. It's <laughs> like, you know who was more fun to drink with than anyone else? The devil. The devil. He's got so many cool tricks. He can just light things on fire. He really does. He turned himself into a coin and then shit got boring. So <laughs> Jack brought him back under the conditions that, under the condition that um, uh, the devil would not bother him for one year. Just a year? Well, yeah. This is the traditional story. It gets better. Maybe it doesn't. Um, the next year, uh, the devil sh- turned up, you know, um, and Jack tricked the devil into climbing into a tree. Because um, when know. the devil was up in the tree, Jack uh, carved a sign of the cross into the tree's bark, so the devil could not come down until the devil promised Jack not to bother him for ten more years. So. All right. Um, <laughs> finally, um, Jack ended up dying, uh, and when he died, God did not want him in heaven. Mm-hmm. He thought Stingy Jack was a bad old man. Right. Uh, but the problem... he was around with the devil. Yeah, well, and drinking and kind of being stingy. Uh, the, the thing about Jack, though, is that the devil didn't want him in hell. And so, um, the devil cast Jack off into the dark night with only a burning coal, to light his way. Jack put the coal in a carved out turnip and has been seen roaming the earth ever since. Interesting. Uh-huh. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, I spent a Halloween in Dublin many years ago. And um, I actually was there by myself. It was my last day in Ireland and I was by myself. My friends had gone off somewhere else. And I, so I just kind of like hung out and like did a lot of reading and hung out by the river, right? It's the river. Uh, the river Liffey. Well, there's two. There's River Liffey and River Shannon. Whichever one like runs through the downtown area. I think they both do. Okay. Well, I hung out. Maybe I'm River Liffey. Let's Probably. say that. Um, and kids were out just trick-or-treating like on the street, actually. Hmm. And um, there, they're given coins. Hmm. So I'm wondering if that has Let's anything to do with Stingy Jack. Yeah. It probably does. It makes sense. Yep. Um, because our, so going back to that, the, the Irish um, call this ghostly figure Jack of the Lantern, which of course, as Irish people oh. are, tend to do, that became Jack of Lantern. Got it. Okay. So. Um, I didn't know that story. I thought, I was thinking it was something else. Yeah. So uh, from, from then on, after that folk story came out, in Ireland, Scotland, and then obviously eventually America, people uh, made their own version of uh, jack-o'-lanterns. Um, they would scar- uh, carve scary faces um, and put them uh, near windows and doors to frighten away Stingy Jack and other wandering spirits that got too close on All Hallows' Eve. All right. Yeah. It's kind of fun. I like that. Um, I just have a few more here. Um, uh, this is pretty... Obvious, but also interesting. Um, black cats on Halloween are um, at risk. Oh, like sacrifice? Yeah. Aww. People are real weird about black cats. Uh, I'll tell you the origin of this. And then, um, by the way, adopt a black cat. I also read a statistic that um, the least adopted cat, the most stray cat is a black cat and the least adop- uh, adopted is a black cat. That's heartbreaking. It's terrible. And there's so beautiful. Actually, I grew up my whole life. Uh, we only had black cats. I love black cats. My first cat was black, and we named her Azrael after what we thought was we were cutesy and Garden named her after the cat on the Smurfs. But really, Azrael is <laughs> also Satan's name. Yes, <laughs> my dad was not really happy oh about my it. God. Um, but she was an amazing cat, and we loved her. And um, I love, love, love black cats. They're beautiful. I do too. So be nice to a black cat because. On Halloween, they have a tendency to... Um, oh, that's so sad. Yeah. They have the silkiest fur. They do. Um, the origin of the American black hat story, there's actually a lot of European versions of this, mm-hmm. but um, pilgrim set- settlers to America, and we're going way back, we're going to Plymouth, um, viewed the black cat as a companion. It's not a good thing. Uh, or a familiar to witches. Yep. So they thought that they were working hand in hand uh, with the witches. Um, they thought that the black cat was part demon and could be uh, very easily swayed by uh, demons and witches to be their friends. 
Okay. Like it was like almost like a conduit in a way? Yeah. Okay. Or that they, they acted on their own accord, but were, uh, I don't know if the, I don't, I don't know if, uh, what they mean by easily swayed. Maybe the cats were like, sure, if you give me tuna fish, I will be your like friend or something. But well, I feel if you like pet me, I'll be your friend. All pets. Yeah. That's, that's right. totally true. Um, back in the 1700s, 1600s and 1700s, uh, in New England, anyone caught in a more puritanical village, uh, anyone caught with a black cat would be severely punished or even killed. I hate that. Isn't that awful? Ugh. Um, the worst. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about just two other things. Maybe three other things. Depends. Um, <laughs> you know the bedsheet ghost? No. Like the, the popular oh, yeah. culture? Oh, yeah. Okay. So. Okay. So I was like researching and I was like, why do people think that ghosts look like look like bedsheets? Because mm-hmm. um, that's you, you, there's that classic um, uh, Saturday Evening Post by Norman, uh, what's his name? Rockwell. Uh, yeah, Norman Rockwell. Um, of the little girl in the bed sheet next mm-hmm. to her grandpa. So the first time we saw Jason Voorhees yep. was, uh, before the mask. Is the, it Michael what? Myers you think of? Or Jason Voorhees? Because Michael Myers was Halloween, right? Michael Myers is Halloween, but Jason Voorhees, I believe, we see in a sheet first. Oh. And, uh, Friday the 13th, two. Okay. Sorry, um, I'm, con- I'm confusing um, Halloween and... Um... Right. Michael Myers... Actually, it might have been Michael Myers. Now I'm, now I'm second-guessing myself. I don't know. Uh, but Charlie Brown, everyone knows that. Yeah. Children of all ages. <laughs> Remember that from The Great Pumpkin, where he's wearing that, like, bogus mm-hmm. <laughs> bed sheet. Uh, I think he's wearing his... Oh, no, that's Linus. Never mind. Go ahead. Uh, and then in Beetlejuice, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis try to haunt their new family, um... Living in their house by wearing bed sheets. Yeah. And when a writer catches them on film mm-hmm. and post bed sheets and they realize they don't have feet. Well, and like the, the silhouette ghost thing, like, you know, on all the awesome ghost hunting websites that we see. Yeah. It's that, it's, it's that, that bed sheet. Yeah. Um, so that's it's, it, like, here's the thing about thing. Here's the thing about uh, images we see all the time is that we just take them for granted. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like how weird is it that we're like, yeah. Ghosts wear bed sheets. That's a ghost. So I thought I would look into it. Um, in the late 1800s and early 1900s, we just talked about this, Irish immigrants brought Halloween to the United States. Um, and they brought the ideas of um, uh, spirits of the ancestral dead, costumes, and trick-or-treating with them. Um, Halloween caught on because it was super fun. Um, so this is actually one of those kind of like night before Christmas things where actually illustrators and filmmakers, early filmmakers had more to do with this bedsheet thing than any lore because yeah, they were trying to draw ghosts or they're trying to film um, a reasonable approximation of a ghost. And they couldn't, they couldn't find a very discernible way for the audience to tell the difference. Okay. So they ended up putting these sheets on these ghosts, and actually the original intention was that they would be burial shrouds. But then oh. <laughs> it gave people the impression that they were wearing bed sheets. And what does a person do when they don't have um, a ton of money? And um, these are immigrants, right? They don't have mm-hmm. a ton of money, but they want to go out and they want to wear costumes and they want to do uh, their trick-or-treating. So it actually kind of caught on. It's like the snake eating its tail. Uh, people who had had this tradition forever uh, ended up wearing bedsheets as ghosts because of the images that they were seeing. Oh. Kind of like old St. Nick, not yeah. really a, a a guy dressed in red with a flowy white beard. Right. <laughs> totally different thing, but all of a sudden when that's the public image, that's what everyone thinks Right. Of. There's a thing about uh, the Santa Claus in a red suit thing um as well where actually the natives of the north pole um or of greenland take this like hallucinogenic drug oh and so they they'll see like reindeer flying Uh aha and they all wear like furry red coats because it's so cold up there like that's their traditional garb actually so interesting yeah it's a really really interesting thing so actually like that comes from like real stuff Well, we're going to get to that, too, because I actually have something about uh, broomsticks. Oh, flying witches. Uh, real quick, let me correct myself. It is Michael Myers that wears the bed sheet. Oh, because he puts the glasses on. I'm so embarrassed by that, because Halloween's one of my favorite movies. Oh, how dare I? 
don't be embarrassed. I honestly, I only know those first two movies from being scared shitless, and yeah. I have not revisited them. Jason Voorhees, when we first see him, is wearing, like, a potato sack. They're at camp, right? They're at Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah. Boom. Not Crystal Lake, Illinois. Okay. Crystal Lake, anywhere. Anywhere, America. It's supposed to be scary, because it could happen, and you're a Crystal Lake. <laughs> um, okay. Just an interesting thing, and kind of going back to um, uh, the pervasiveness of, of the idea of ghosts coming to visit or spirits coming to visit. Mm-hmm. Um, in other European countries, it actually wasn't it, it wasn't Halloween. It, it, it was sort of turned into um, uh, a different day of the year. So I just think this oh. is kind of cool. Um, in Finland, Sweden, and Denmark, um, they celebrate their version of Halloween on Easter. Which is real weird. Right. Um, Finnish kids dress up as the Easter witch on Palm Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Swedish kids dress up as witches and monsters, and they go trick-or-treating on Monday, Thursday, which is the Thursday before right. Easter. Um, and Danish children uh, dress up uh, and go trick-or-treating on Shrove Monday, which is the day after Easter. But they basically have the same kind of thing, but I think somehow theirs got stuck in with um, Easter. Right, which also has the ties to... Resurrection. It's like a spring solstice. Right. Instead of the, like, fall kind of harvest festival. Well, and the Easter is based off of more Germanic... Uh, I don't know. I don't want to get into it. I actually yeah, think it's, sure. a, it's an ancient Egyptian deal. Yeah, there's, like, a whole... Yeah. There's a whole thing on Easter. So that would kind of make sense yeah. that they would... It was originally, like, the spring um, fertility ceremony. That's it. Yeah. But I don't know that. I don't think that it took. But people dressed up for that as well. So it kind of makes sense that that would be a thing for them. Uh, There's another one. On November 11th, um, kids in Germany, Switzerland, and Austria uh, go to houses with homemade beat lanterns. And they sing songs about St. Martin. (laughs) That's their kind of Halloween. All right. Cool. Um, And then in northern Germany and southern Denmark, kids dress up and trick-or-treat on New Year's Eve. That's their Halloween. All right. Um, and it's called Rummelpot, <laughs> <laughs> which I just kind of wanted to say. Rummelpot. I like it. Yeah. I got one more thing for you. You're going to hate part of this story. Okay. All right. It's about witches. All right. Well, I'm on board. It's about witches. Where do brooms come into play and why do, why do we see flying brooms? So. Um, why do I feel like this is going to be sexist? No. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously it's going to be sexist. Right. Can I just say that I hate that bumper sticker that says my other car is a broom? Yeah. Because it's just playing into that stereotype. Yeah, but it also is just, like, it's the kind of people who, like, wear t-shirts that say terrible things. Yeah. I just want to, or they're like, excuse you on their t-shirt, and you're thinking, I don't know you yet, but you're a fucking Dick. Talk to the hand. <laughs> like, why would you? Why would you like just come off with such a bad impression too? Right. Like just at the get go. So like someone on the car, like my other car's a broom. It's like cool. I get it. You're right next to it. Says my kid beat up your honor student. It's like <laughs> way to encourage your kid to be an underachiever. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah, yeah. Ancestral dick behavior. Sorry if we're losing a demographic. Not sorry. Oh yeah. Go. <laughs> Listen, if you met me, you'd want to beat me up, so turn it off now. Uh, <laughs> you probably already figured that out. I'm taking a deep dive into Halloween. <laughs> deep cutting Halloween. Deep cutting Halloween. Um, okay, so real quickly on witches' brooms. Um, they uh, This actually has to go back to um, bread making. Okay. Um, and the, the bread that they would make most is rye bread. This is a, uh, in um, Northern Europe. It's my favorite of all the breads. Me too. Okay. <laughs> um, rye bread actually hosts a fungus called ergot. E-R-G-O-T. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people uh, at that time did not realize that that little purple fungus on the rye uh, wasn't actually part of the rye at all. They, so they should have oh. taken it off and then used the rye. But instead they were like, oh, this is a part of the rye. Wasn't. Um, in high doses, ergot causes hallucinations yeah and so um initially people didn't even know that that was happening and then once they figured out once people figure out a little something about drugs i don't know they like to take them 
So <laughs> what they realized is that if they took too much of it orally, they would have really bad symptoms, uh-huh. like vomiting, foaming at the mouth, and cramps and stuff like that. So they figured out a way it's to... It's like sugar-free candy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> figured out a way to avoid these side effects uh and they took it through uh two methods um one was um to put it in your armpits so your sweat glands would kind of like um you know you'd absorb it you'd absorb it you're gonna totally hate this (laughs) but hold on uh the other way was you could take it through the mucous membrane of your genitals um and we only know there's only yeah (laughs) okay so like an enema well, no, like a... Oh. In the front. In the front. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to draw you a picture. It's like the girls who are soaking their tampons yep. in vodka. Yep. Oh, God, I hate it. Yep. it's That's actually exactly what it is. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. That's exactly what this is. So um, a common house- household tool... The broom or the broom handle was used to deliver the no. yep the ergot to the uh, special place to the special lady place. Oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah, in the 1400s, um, a a witch expert named uh, Jordanus del Bergamo, mm-hmm. probably saying that totally wrong, um, wrote this. The vulgar believe, and the witches confess that on certain days or nights they anoint a staff and ride on it to the appointed place, or anoint themselves under the arms and in other hairy places. Oh, so no. He didn't actually mean that they were riding brooms. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, so that's that. Um, we're so literal. I know. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Anyway, sorry about the vulgarity. I was like, oh, no, I was going to hate that. So I... No, I think it's, I actually, I love knowing that. <laughs> um, also, allegedly, if you took enough ergot, uh, you could, just like you said with the Santa Claus reindeers, people got so fucked up, they could. They were writing on their broomsticks. Yeah, they could see, they, they like decided they could see wind flying in the air. <laughs> uh, every time you say ergot, I'm thinking it's like egot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's not. Was that Emmy, Grammar, Oscar, Tony? Grammy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. What is um, that? Grammar. Did I say grammar? You did. Oh. Or maybe you didn't. I don't know. I didn't play. We, what I had. <laughs> it's too bad we don't have a way to, I don't know, capture that. Tomato, tomato, Grammy, grammar. Um. All right. I don't know. So, Jay. Yeah. Is it, am I up? Yeah. All right, let's do this. So, Samhain. Samhain. <laughs> Samhain. It doesn't seem right. Happy Samhain, everybody. Sam Hain. Um, <laughs> so, uh, perhaps you did some slumber parties Hell as yeah. a teen, preteen. Absolutely. And did you did you guys ever do like slumber party tricks where you yeah. went into the bathroom, looked in oh, the mirror, shut your dick, some <laughs> said some things. Oh my god, I'm so excited about this. Did you do it? Okay, I'll tell them what you're talking about, because I think I know what you're talking about. Bloody Mary. Yes, I did that. Bloody Mary. Don't say it. Well, I'm not looking at a mirror. Uh, oh. I'm going to tell you the story of Bloody Mary. Hell yeah. No, I used to do that all the time. I think, um, I, ugh, I can't be a certain, but I'm pretty sure I pussed out every time. You never did it? We, I would start, and then I'd be like, I can't do it. Oh, nothing ever happened. Um, well, I'm sure, but I'm... A big scaredy cat. Sure. Same as I will never say Candyman three times in a row. Well, that I never know. Do, but Bloody Mary All of a sudden, here comes this sexy black man with a deep voice and a, <laughs> and a hook for a hand. Girl. Uh, all right. That movie is nothing but chills and spells. I've, I love the Candyman series. There's three of them. Oh, well, I don't know that. <laughs> and it, you get the full on story of the Candyman and his suffering and it's, so sad. Absolutely fucking not. All right. So, uh, let me tell you about Bloody Mary. Mary Bloodsworth. Okay. That's her name. Uh-huh. She lived, uh... Bloody Mary Bloodington Bloodsworth. <laughs> uh, I can't be certain on her middle name, but I'm pretty sure... It was probably that. It was probably Bloodington. Um... <laughs> She lived deep in the forest mm-hmm. in a tiny college or college cottage, sorry, and sold herbal remedies for the living. Um, villagers in the town nearby called her Mary Worthington. 
Oh. Which is probably her real name. Yeah. Um, and said she was a witch because, you know, she sold herbal remedies. Um, she was a very beautiful woman, and all of the men in the village were enchanted by her. Um, so naturally, the, the ladies were jealous. Don't know. Um, and many of them taunted her and said that she was ugly and would never marry and never have any children. So Mary didn't care for that. <laughs> she was like, listen, I'm at least a seven. Um, how dare you? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> in, in smaller towns, I'm a nine. <laughs> like a Wisconsin 10. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> so, uh, really the scale changes regionally. It kind of, I mean, yeah. if we're being real, mm-hmm. uh, so what happened was the young girls in the vill- village began to disappear one by one. Nobody knew where they went. Um, they'd like be, they'd search everywhere for them. They were kidnapped them. and gone and murdered? Yeah, they couldn't okay. find them. Um, so a few brave souls went to Bloody Mary's home in the woods to see if the witch had taken the girls, but she didn't. She denied any knowledge, and uh, <laughs> they all went on. Um, uh, and it says, uh, da, da, da. Still it was noted that one of the men had been seen several times at Mary's home. Uh, the neighbors were suspicious, but he told everyone that he was going to going there to try and discover the truth um, and hopefully trick Mary into telling him where she was hiding the children through probably having sex with her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't worry, team. I got this. You know I'm what? I'm just going to go over to Mary's for the <laughs> afternoon. I'm really working it out of her, you guys. <laughs> it's going to take <laughs> years, if not decades. At least. Six more months of really grinding it out of her. (laughs) Can you come? No. I have to do this on my own. Let me be a hero. (laughs) Taking it for the team, everybody. Um, So uh, there was one night when the daughter of the sawmiller rose from her bed. She walked outside uh, following an enchanted sound no one else could hear. Now, here's my question about this is... How did, like, did she say that she was hearing an enchanted sound? Like, because everything else says that, like, she wouldn't listen to anybody. She just kept moving. So I don't think This she was, girl? Or yeah. Okay. This, this girl. Um, so the Miller's wife was up and she saw her daughter walking out of the house. So she and her husband followed her out and um, they tried to restrain her, but she kept breaking away and she headed out of town. Um, suddenly... Uh, they pointed or they, the, a farmer yelled out and pointed to a strange glowing light at the edge of the woods. And a few um, townsmen followed him and saw Bloody Mary standing beside a tree, holding a magic wand that was pointed toward the Miller's house. Uh, she was glowing with an unearthly light as she set her evil spell upon the Miller's daughter. Oh my. So the townsmen grabbed their guns and their pitchforks and their torches and all that business. And they chased after her. Um, <laughs> Who needs a gun when you have a pitchfork? Well, right. What's the point of the pitchfork? <laughs> These are probably muskets. They're just hardworking people. Yeah. <laughs> Not everybody can afford a gun. Yeah, if you, can't, if you can't catch her, just do some farming. Also, I mean, she lives in the forest. There's so much wood. Just take a torch and light it on fire. Um, oh. I mean, right? Yeah. But then you're burning the entire forest down. Well, it might be. Sometimes it's for the greater good. Yeah, true. I mean, if it's wish, witch forest. Witch forest. <laughs> witch forest. Um, Where do you live? Witch forest. 90210. <laughs> <laughs> they oh, still have a zip code, even though like that. <laughs> uh, I would totally live in witch forest. I'm going to look Dude, at it. I totally would too. Oh my God, let's start it. It's probably going to be the best forest of them all. It would be the coolest community, I think. Right? Um, we would ride around on broomsticks. Well. <laughs> uh, we would sing by campfires every night. Oh my god, the harmony. <laughs> now I suddenly hate it. <laughs> you just made it sound like an Indigo Girls concert. Was, I don't. You just made it sound like a little fair. God. No, if it was like fucking rad though. Yeah. If it was rad. I would go to Witch Forest. Alright, so what happened was... They went and chased her down. She broke the spell when she heard their noise. And uh, when they reached the cabin, they took her into custody. 
Um, it says, she screamed with a great screech, <laughs> putting a curse on all of the women in the village. This curse is said to be the curse of the chanters, a curse that causes young women to take part in the ritual summoning of Bloody Mary. Ooh. So what that's saying is that all the girls who have slumber parties, it's just like a natural thing that you're, we're forced to do. Like, we don't have a choice. Um, so I'd like to think that I am not bewitched by her curse because I was able to break away. I was so bewitched. <laughs> I was bemused, bewitched, bedrackled, betickled. <laughs> um, all of the buzz. Buzz stayed up all night at bus slumber parties. <laughs> so here's where things get really Wait, sad. were you the kid that fell asleep first? Never. Okay. No, I was always a later, late, yeah, okay. late upper. Late what? what? I don't know. <laughs> Because anyway. those, those kids got fucked with. No, 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 no. I mean, this is, like, obviously, because, like, you were a kid, but, like, they're, it's, like, the the uh, preteen girl version of, like, fraternity hazing. Those right. were the girls that got, like, markers on them. And yeah. Bras frozen and. Right. You stick your, their hand in warm water. water. To see if they would pee. It was so mean. So mean. By the way, like, what good sleepers. You and I have never been good sleepers. No. No, never. So I can never, like, I can't imagine going to, like, someone else's fucking home and just being, like, on their floor in their living room being like, man, I'm going to sleep like a baby. Right. Once in my life, and I was in college, I was passed out, and a friend of mine drew a penis on my face. <laughs> <laughs> I've apologized so many times. <laughs> I mean, I had to work the next morning. <laughs> I had to wait tables. Oh, so wait, hold on. Was I can't it, believe like, you did that to me. <laughs> was it like a joke, like a cartoon penis, or was it like a graphic? Uh, it was cartoony, and I didn't, I, I was getting up, and I was basically going to go straight to work. You didn't wash your face? I was running late. I was in college, and I didn't care, and I was kind of like, I'm going to go. <laughs> I just rolled my eyes at Noelle, which was lost on the right, podcast. Right, I rolled out of bed and just went, and they were like, no, wait, wait, you can't go. <laughs> You can't go out in public. Oh, man. Yeah, and I had to, like, scrub my face raw. Yeah. Never forget. <laughs> if, it was, um, like, if it was a very well-drawn dick, I would have kept it on. It was, I mean, it was actually very funny, and um, I got that person back pretty hard later on. Um, so, anyway, here's where the story gets really sad. Oh, yeah, sorry. So, you know, for telling story. <laughs> um, so, they... Um, they put her on trial, and when she was on trial, they noticed that she was with child. It's a mystery who's who the baby daddy was. <laughs> but she wouldn't tell I got him. this town. I'm your hero. <laughs> but she wouldn't tell anybody. And uh, no one would come forth. But And they were all like, who could it be? Um, so she was put on another trial for adultery. Um, and then... Because the father of the child was never discovered, and Mary proclaimed the child child was of an immaculate conception, the local minister declared the child to be of Satan and ordered to be murdered immediately on delivery. No, what a fucking asshole. You're shitting me. Yes. That's awful. Isn't it? it, it awful, awful, you awful. Imagine? I have said this wherein... Wild extreme Christianity runs amok. You get these crazy, awful right. things. And here's a man who thinks it's better to murder a child right. than to have a woman have a child out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's so disgusting and despicable. It's a really good thing that, that our times have changed so much and we have, we have so no much... Problem. Yeah. <laughs> There, there's nobody like crazy and weird at all trying to legislate for women's bodies. So no, it's not a I thing. Mean, thank like, God this story just changed how I'm people thought. So, I'm so glad we've moved on. Um, Randy Rhodes, who's a, a radio host that I love, like one of her things that she says is, uh, "Love the fetus, hate the child." <laughs> In this case, totally like hate the fetus, hate the child. Yeah, like they hated everything. Yeah. Um, but so in addition to that. Well, the other, the other issue is that, like, these people thought that that was okay. They truly believed that this was a demon seed and needed to be destroyed. I'm going to tell you this. If I lived in which forest, one can only hope someday, I would have known better. I would think so. You've seen my resurrection scars, haven't you? Yeah. Well, we've done, I mean, like, that's for another show, but, um, well, maybe not. I'll just talk about it real fast. We'll do it. Um, I have, um, 
on uh, both arms, uh, two like freckles slash birthmarks that are completely symmetric. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they fit each other as if um, my arms were tied in front of me. They're like direct mirrors. And I actually saw a um, psychic um, a long time ago and she grabbed my arms and she said, do you know what these are? I said, no. And she said, um, you, um, at one point, I don't I mean, honestly, just take or leave this. I don't know if I even believe it, but in your past life, you were murdered and persecuted, uh, and you were probably murdered, bound as a witch and burned. So I probably would have been like the one person in the town that's like, you know what? She probably fucking that dude. <laughs> <laughs> She's a witch. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so there's a very good chance that you were already, you have already lived in Witch Forest. Yeah, right? <laughs> Which is why it sounds so appealing. <laughs> Although based on my experience, you think I'd be like, that town blows. Right. I'm moving to LA. I'm going to go back. Um, so uh, in addition to um, murdering the child, they were going to, Mary would be slashed in the face with sharp glass oh. by every woman in the town. Nope. For the crimes of kidnapping their children. Nope. Um, so, from that day to this, when a girl reaches her teenage years and starts spending more time in the mirror, brushing her hair, or putting on makeup, Mary carries out the original curse on young women. The curse of the chanters. Anyone foolish enough to chant Bloody Mary's name ten times. Be- what? I thought it was three times. I thought it was three times, too. <laughs> okay. And I read a couple things today that said ten times, oh. and it kind of threw me off. <gasps> Maybe that's why it didn't happen. I think we've been doing it wrong the whole time. All right, girls. Ten times, ladies. <laughs> Get your shit together. Who said three? That's why they said three. They didn't want the Yeah, them. none of us have been, like, dying the way we should have been. <laughs> so, uh, uh, anyone foolish enough to chant Bloody Mary's name ten times before a darkened mirror? Now, that I thought that it all, you also needed to have a single candle lit, too. We went into a pitch black bathroom. Okay. It. I, think I've, I think we did both. Um, but it said she will tear their bodies to pieces and rip their souls from their mutilated bodies. The souls of these unfortunate ones will spend the rest of their eternity in torment, trapped in the mirror with Bloody Mary. That sounds fair. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the, so then there's speculation of was there actually really a, a Bloody Mary? Um, and uh, there's a school in Boston um, where people have claimed that Bloody Mary can be seen in the bathroom mirrors of the school. It's the Boston Latin School. Um, Hell yeah, go Boston Latin School. The Fighting Marys! The Fighting Marys! It was the very first school. Calling their way to victory every Friday night. Um, it was the first school open in the new world. Uh, she's always described as standing, looking out of the mirror with a bloody dress on and several rusty chains draped around her neck and shoulders. So, um, and that's the thing is that when people see, like have claimed to see Bloody Mary, she's always, um, wrapped in chains. And, uh, um, the thing is that, um, when these women were burned, um, at the stake, they were wrapped in chains and then they were buried face down. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's in, an interesting side note. Um, but there is actually a woman named Mary Bloodsworth who was, um, burned at the stake in the 1740s. Or she, I'm sorry. She was hung, um, and buried in the 1740s and she's buried at, um, in a cemetery outside of Boston where, People actually go, she was, uh, um, let me just tell you why she was hung. Um, she apparently was making her neighbors crazy. Like she was causing all kinds of havoc, wreaking all kinds of havoc on them. Uh, they were claiming that, um, she was making their cows go dry and for running a 20 year old woman crazy and for causing her to throw herself into a nearby river and drown. A 20 year old woman was an old lady and. 1740. Yeah. So <laughs> she, had a, um, she had a good run. She, so she was hung. 11 of her neighbors testified against her. She was an older woman too. Uh. Um, but so she, you can actually visit her gravestone. It's hard to make out exactly if it's hers, but it's a red gravestone. Oh, cool. Um, and they, they say that like the etching has kind of like worn a little bit because it's so old. 
But um, over the years, people have left offerings of candy, flowers, dolls. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I, so this are, this one says actually that the great the tombstone has no writing on it. I saw something else that said that it did have ah. writing on it. Um, people have drawn three crosses in a row on the tombstone for luck. There are also rumors that people often practice witchcraft at the old witch's tombstone. They light candles, leave offerings of dead chickens. Um, and you can see like the remnants of the candles that have burned and melted down. And then um, people also leave small mirrors um, where they're trying to summon her from the grave. That's awesome. Yeah. So that is in Boston. Um, I don't know if it says what cemetery that is at. I love that. So yeah, so that's Bloody Mary. So everybody tonight, be sure to um, go into your bathroom with the lights off and say it for 10 times. Yeah, I was doing it wrong. We've been doing it wrong all of these years, you guys. So now we know. Should we do the next one or? Yeah, let's do it really quick. Okay, cool. Uh, So we got one more thing for you. Uh, It is uh, Samhain, otherwise known as Halloween. Um, So my spooky story is um, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Yes. By Washington Irving. He's great. He's amazing. Rip Van Winkle. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit the high points, and then um, Noelle's gonna add in a whole bunch of stuff because this is like one of the most pop culture. We're talking about the movie starring Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci, right? Well, you can eventually. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sorry because I'm a nerd, and most people hate me when they meet me. I'm actually talking about the book. Miranda Richardson was in that movie. <laughs> Michael Gambon, the principal from Jeffrey Jones, yeah. who was arrested for like kitty porn or something. Oh, was he? He's the principal from <laughs> Ferris Bueller. He's deceased now. He is. And yeah. I, uh, I didn't know that. About yeah, him. he has a, a kind of a gnarly criminal record. I didn't know that. But Tim Burton, he actually made that movie after that. Tim Burton oh. was like, that's okay. Well, Tim Burton. Yeah. Uh, well, he was also like, like, yeah, whatever. He also tried to resurrect Casper uh, Van Dien's career in that movie and did so unsuccessfully. Oh, I like him. I just, I saw him in a really bad horror film recently. Sure you did. Yeah. That's where they all go. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love them so much. Yeah. <laughs> that and like a uh, Lifetime uh, made for TV movie. Hallmark. Um, yeah, it depends on the kind of genre that you're interested in. Like, like it's interesting. The, the intersectionalism between horror movie and Lifetime, not, not a big thing. Or Hallmark, not a big thing. But the same actors will appear in both because that's where they can get one. I know it's really sad if you go to if you go down to like the sci-fi channel movies or like the Hallmark channel movies I feel like that's when your career is officially over oh my god the, <laughs> my parents watched the uh Hallmark and man oh I can't I can't I can't do it. I watched uh, uh, yeah my mom and I tried to watch a movie on that and no. I made her turn it off yeah which is tough because I basically bow to her every whim and desire <laughs> <laughs> and I was like eh, it's terrible uh, I'm going to hit this story super fast and then let's chat about it and like the things that we love about it and the things that are different in every different story, whether mm-hmm. it's the Disney version or right. whatever. Um, the story is set in night, uh, sorry, in 1790 in the countryside around a Dutch settlement called Sleepy Hollow. Uh, this all takes place in the, um, Hudson river Valley, mm-hmm. which is so beautiful. But if you've ever been there, it's also sort of like hauntingly beautiful and there's a lot of fog. Oh, because it's low set, right? It's, yep, it's yep. low set. And so um, it's weird. Uh, you might have had this feeling. I have this feeling all the time that, like, the more beautiful a place is, kind of, like, the weirder it, the, yeah. the scarier it is. Yeah, for sure. Because it really kind of seems ephemeral. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, this is the story of Ichabod Crane, a nerdy outsider, a Yankee schoolmaster in a Dutch enclave. Uh, Ichabod Crane wants to marry the town's prettiest and wealthiest gal, Katrina Van Tassel. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a problem, though. He's got to com- uh, compete with a local hero and kind of hot stuff, Abraham, uh, his nickname, Brom Bones, Van Brunt. Uh, yeah, so he's got to compete um, for this lady. Um, here's the deal. Katrina has a lot of money, and Ichabod Crane is a little bit ambitious and kind of doesn't make it so subtle that he would like to have her money. Right. He's a school teacher, right? Yep. But in the original story, he's a little bit, um, he's kind of portrayed as a gold digger. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Later on, they kind of leave that out. I think because they wanted to make him such a hero. Right. Well, he, like. Because this is a fish out of water story. So they, I think, like, yeah. But anyway. Um, but yeah, in the original story, he was was kind of a gold digger for Mm -hmm. Katrina. 
is a Yankee in uh, uh, this Dutch settlement. Um, <clears throat> to fuck around with Ichabod Crane, uh, Bones plays a series of humiliating pranks on him. Um, eventually, Crane attends the harvest party at the Van Tassel's homestead. This harvest par- party was probably Halloween. Yeah. Or some variation of Halloween. Um, uh, Ichabod Crane dances, partakes in the fe- uh, feast. He listens to ghostly legends told by Brahm and the locals. Um, and what he really wants to do at this party is propose to Katrina, but he doesn't. He fails. He can't get her alone. He can't do it. So he takes a long ride home on his plow horse. He's a school teacher. He's not rich enough to have like a real hot horse. Um, he rides home. He's heavy hearted and crestfallen. And he takes the, the wood path, the path in the woods between the Van Tassel's farmstead uh, and the Sleepy Hollow settlement. As he passes several purportedly haunted spots, I'm going to get into this in a second, because actually, at this time in American history, they actually thought the spot was already haunted. Right. Which is interesting and kind right. of cool. Um, this story, like, really solidifies that. Yeah. But, but um, so he's, he's passing these things that um, were sort of notorious haunted spots. Um, and he remembers all the stories that, that Brom told at the party, like, by the fire. And he just kind of starts to freak out. Uh-huh. Gets real nervous. Um, and he, uh, passes under a lightning stricken tulip tree that is haunted by the ghost of the British spy, Major Andre. Um, it's like a fucking weird thing. What's a tulip tree? Uh, I don't, honestly, I don't know. Cause tulips are bulbs that grow in the ground. Yeah. Don't, I don't know. This story sounds made up. It's made up by Washington <laughs> Irving. It's the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Keep up. I don't know that he was a horticulturalist. <laughs> Clearly not. Okay. I mean, but, he wrote a story about a man who slept for... <laughs> for 40 years? years. Like 40 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, he encounters, just after this tree, a cloaked writer in an intersection. Menacing. Um... He's so unsettled by his uh, fellow traveler's eerie sighs and silence um, that he <laughs> tells it, like, t- sort of tries to compel his horse to really get the fuck going. And as he's trotting by this specter, he discovers that the um, headless horseman, sorry, that his horseman friend does not have a head. And here's something that I totally forgot about from the original story. He actually had it on his saddle. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the depictions is like... He doesn't have it with him. Like, in the Washington Irving story, it's actually with him on his saddle. Right. I think we always see the jack-o'-lantern that he's carrying. Yeah. Like, that's the image that's Because Brom kind had, of like, had, had played with him before, pretending to be this person. Right. And threw the jack-o'-lantern at him. Right. So I think that's the kind of, like, mainstream image that we see. So we forget that he actually did, in the story, have it, his... Have his head with him. Yeah. Yeah. I totally forgot about that as I was uh, looking at this uh, again. But anyway... um. This, according to legend, this is the headless horseman who is the ghost of a Hessian soldier who lost his head in battle. Uh, Ichabod Crane races to the bridge by the old Dutch burying ground. Um, and according to legend, this is where the horseman is said to vanish, according to rule, in a flash of fire and brimstone. Right? And everybody listening to this, we all know ghost stories. We all know, like, we just talked about Bloody Mary. Is it three or is it ten times you say it? Well, Ichabod Crane makes it to the end of this bridge and he's like, Fuck fucking yeah, I made it. This ghost is supposed to disappear. Right. But he doesn't. The ghost does not disappear. Uh-huh. And so, my <laughs> crane, of course, is like, wait, what? That's not fair, right? Um, just as he's like, thinks that he is okay, the headless horseman um, hurls his severed head into Ichabod's terrified face. All right, so the next morning, Ichabod has mysteriously, in the story, Ichabod has mysteriously disappeared from town. Uh, left behind him, uh, he left his wandering horse, a trampled saddle, a discarded hat, and there was a mysterious shattered pumpkin nearby. Um, and then the story ends basically that without rival, Brom Bones is able to marry the very rich Katrina Von Tassel. Okay. Yeah. So I think the only logical explanation to this is that by hurling his um, decapitated head at Ichabod Crane, turned into a shattered pumpkin. 
it turned in, not only did it turn into a shattered pumpkin, <laughs> but it probably um, killed Ichabod Crane. And in killing him, he then had to assume the role of the headless horseman. Oh. And the headless horseman was then able to move on. I mean, it's the only logical explanation sure. to the story. Um, the thing about the, the, the Hessian soldier, um, with the, like the actual like tale of him, because that's actually based off of like a true story Mm -hmm. is that he, his head was shot off. Yeah. It it is based on a true story. And so if his head was shot off, why would he have it? It would not exist. Right. Or it would be like, you know, not complete. Well, they might have shot him in his neck and severed his spinal cord, wherein his I head okay. was intact. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that Washington know Irving... That... I think it makes for a better story. Oh, it does. I'm just but, saying, yeah. like, that's, like, that's kind of, like, based off of, like, that soldier and, you know, all of the characters. It's a completely fictional story, but yeah, all the, the characters are based on They are based on two people. Yeah. So I want to say this real fast. Um... So this Hudson River Valley, which is just such a sleepy hollow. <laughs> and isn't it called um, like Terrytown? It is called Terrytown. Okay. Um, it actually got like a really bad reputation in um, 1776 and in the late 1770s because the Revolutionary War was being fought there. Mm-hmm. And it was a hotbed. Right. Um, there was a, a line drawn actually between the British and the Americans there. And so the British had... Um, Oh, where were they? Um, oh, I can't find it. But the Americans were fortified north of Peekskill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was this, like, 30-mile stretch of no man's land. It was, like, Bronx something. Yeah, the Bronx River. Yeah. The Bronx River was where the British were. Like, south of there, I think. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was after the Battle of White Plains. It kind of, like, drew a line in the sand. Yep. That's right. Here we go. The Bronx River uh, was held by the British... And then the Americans fortified uh, Peekskull. Um, so in this no man's land, there are all these outlaws, raiders, vigil- vigilantes, um, <laughs> rogues, pirates, all sorts of just people there. Who, you know, wartime. Right. Causes great, crazy things. Uh, and then this Hessian soldier, like a lot of people maybe don't know this about the Revolutionary War, that they brought a lot of um, German uh, mercenaries to fight the war. The British did. Oh, I, I did not know that. Yeah, so the, the British, um, yeah, so all the Hessian, um, they're actually called Hessian Jaggers. Okay, and yes. And they're renowned sharpshooters and... Um, Hunters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they, they actually fought on behalf of uh, the British in many of their wars, which is interesting, as mercenaries. Okay. Um, so yeah, this Headless Horseman legend actually existed there. He was a Hessian soldier that was um, buried... In, old, in the Old Dutch burial ground. Also, um, uh, Irving, Washington Irving, knew a uh, a person named Ichabod Crane. He was like a colonel or a general. He yeah, he met him soldier. in the army. He was a captain. Yeah. Yep. He met him, um, yeah. And he also knew, it wasn't Catherine Van Tessel, but it was something... Very, very similar. Yep, you're absolutely right. Um, the inspiration for the character Katrina Von Tussel um, is probably based on uh, a woman buried in the Sleepy Hollow Cemetery, uh, Katrina Ecker Van Tessel, which is spelled e. differently with an E. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you know your Sleepy Hollow. I do, because um, I really, I love the story too. Oh my god, I love it. When I was a little kid, uh-huh. did, I, I, I would watch. The Disney version. It mm-hmm. becomes so unhinged and so terrified that I could not sleep. And God bless her. My sister had to deal with this quite a lot. My sister and I are basically the same age. But I would, like, knock on her door and beg to stay mm-hmm. in her room. And I would, like, take all my bed clothes um, and put them on the floor next to her bed. And, like, it just was comforting that she was there. Yeah. And, like, we're, like, we're, like all night long be, like, scared and whimpering like a dog by my sister's bed while she was just, like... You're fine. <laughs> right. Well, and that I loved, I loved the Disney version when I was a kid and I, I did too. Didn't, uh, get as creeped out by it. Like I, I slept just fine. 
But no, um, but that's I think they use the jack lantern in it, and I remember they it's kind of a frightening sight, especially as a child, because you see him hurling the jack lantern, and it's coming at you with the candle flickering inside, and that's pretty horrifying. Yeah. Um, well, I, would, I was one of those kids that would be very afraid, but I would choose to do it anyway. So that's why I had a lot of sleepless nights. Like, a lot of people who are, like, smart enough would stop doing the things that terrify them and said I would do them anyway. Right. Let's do two more things and then let the people go so they can enjoy their sawin. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to say that um, uh, Washington Irving was inspired to write this story, uh, as we had said before, um, because this place is already kind of notoriously haunted. It did really have this um, headless Hessian mm-hmm. ghost. Right. Um, also, the town believed... Uh, Sleepy Hollow, which is outside of Terrytown, there is Sleepy Hollow, uh, that it was bewitched during the early days of this Dutch settlement. That oh. some witch cast a curse on it. Okay. I don't know too much about it. I don't either. I I remember reading something about this, and I, I actually was quickly trying to see if I could find anything about it, um, and I can't, but uh, we could maybe follow up with it another time. Yeah, I think we should. But I remember reading something about um, how... There was a Native American tribe. Oh, this is, yep, that's it. So the next one, um, these, um, as far as I can tell, were like uh, different stories. Yeah. So the the story that predecessed this witch is that there was an old Native American chief who they called the wizard of his tribe. Mm -hmm. Um, And he used to hold his powwows, um, which I don't know if it's an okay word to say anymore. So let's say like religious ceremonies. (laughs) Sure. Um, And this uh, area before the country was settled by um, Hendrick Hudson, obviously the Hudson river Valley, the Hudson river is named after this man. Uh, But they say that the old native American chief having been displaced by his home um, also planted a curse on that area. Okay. Which makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. You would too. But I love, I love all of the folklore around new England and oh my god me it's too. just uh, it's so rich it, it really is and yeah. it's so beautiful this time of year with all the mm-hmm. trees and, oh yeah uh, northern mass right now love love it anybody who's listening from northern massachusetts i don't know if that's even a thing we envy you that's um all. enjoy enjoy your fall <laughs> And really uh, appreciate where you live. Yeah, it's so haunted. And the Puritans made it just just a place that was so terrible that your ghost stories still live on. Thanks, pilgrims. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for listening to our special Halloween edition of High Spirits. Before we leave, um, we just want to do a shout out to our sponsors. My sponsor is Zombie Dust, the beer. And Noel is drinking Plunger Head. That's right. Uh, my name is Jay Stagman, and this is my pal, Noel Schmidt. And she's got one thing to say to you Sweet dreams. Happy Halloween! <laughs>